0: Our guest masquerades under the name of Iceberg Slim. Many of you remember his story of his days as a procurer, or, if you will, a pimp. His prison confinements included solitary in what he called a steel casket. Now he leads a respectable family life. Iceberg Slim has gone straight, and for this reason, he continues to hide his identity. He returns now to tell us about the most incredible con man he ever knew, a blond-haired, blue-eyed Negro called White Folks. <laughs> You're not putting this on, are you, Slim? No, that's, that's, uh, that's factual. Called White Folks. Uh, how did he get that name? Because of the fact that he could pass over the line, over the color line?
1: Oh, that's right. Uh, white Folks uh, was a term applied to him by his friends. Uh, his enemies in the black ghetto called him Trick Baby. Now,
0: a trick baby would imply, I believe, that uh, his mother was a prostitute.
1: And that she had had sexual congress with a white man and that had been an accident.
0: How did he uh, respond to, to being called trick baby?
1: Oh, the, 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 the Irish-African blood in him would boil up.
0: Irish-African blood. Yes. That was a combination.
1: Yes. Right. Tell us a
0: little bit about uh, white folks and how he
1: preyed on people. Uh, well, white folks had a natural uh, talent uh, for the con, and when he met Blue Howard, his mentor. Blue Howard. Blue Howard. May I ask you why he was called Blue Howard? The fact that he was so black. That he was blue. Yes. Well, this is a common practice in the ghetto uh, to to call an extremely black man
0: by his most prominent characteristic. I see. Go on.
1: And uh, under the aegis of uh, Blue Howard, all of his, of white folks potential as a con man surfaced. And the book uh, is an incredible adventure story of the con as it's played in the street. The verbatim dialogue, what the sucker says and what the con men say to
2: weave the Con Spell.
3: Golden Globies, welcome back. It may be the coldest month, but the black Is it the coldest
2: t- month? It's, it's, it was cold two days ago, and now it's 45 degrees outside. It was 15 degrees Friday, and we we're recording on Sunday, and it's 45 degrees out. That's not natural. Did you hear, Griff, tiny Phil on Groundhog's Day? came out, saw his shadow, and said, we're going to lose 20% of our audience for the next four weeks. <laughs> why do you think that is, Griff? Why, do we? Why when we do Black Exploitation Theater Month, we lose about 20% of our audience?
3: Well, I think the obvious answer is right in front of us. 20% of our audience
2: is in Florida. It's not because they're racist. Well, I, I don't think they're racist. I. You think it's because of the... The political climate we live in now where it's like people are thinking like should I is it okay for me to listen should two, first of all, should two white guys be talking about this shit yeah and should I listen because 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 you know because it's funny because the, the the few black listeners that I know we have they love it they love they can't wait for black exploitation theater That's, they get excited when I announce it
3: some of the most enthusiastic folk we have on YouTube Cotton Comes to Harlem, stuff like that, yeah. like gets gets people saying like, hell, shit, are you guys doing this again next year?"
2: Yeah, so it's like, I don't if like, black people are cool with it. I think you can be cool with it. <laughs> you can listen to it. I mean, because you know why? Because they know we're not. We come at these movies with love and respect. We're not shitting on this. That's the biggest misnomer about our show. Is yeah, people think we're just negative all the time and we're always shit. Like, we're not.
3: Yeah. I mean, I talked about it recently when I was saying that everyone's talked about a lot of the movies that we've covered and everything. But usually they take it, they do the movies in 35 minutes because they just say, hey, this was really stupid. This scene was especially stupid. Yeah. And we fucking go through and we dive into the character. We get into the metaphysics. We get down to the
2: metadata
3: of the movie.
2: Well, yeah, trust me. We wouldn't be doing I mean, if we include the tippy tats, we've done 300 episodes. Oh, yeah. And we wouldn't be doing it this long if we hated this shit. I mean, yeah, obviously we're going to shit on Ginty and Seagal, but that's because you guys love that shit. Those are our most popular episodes.
3: I mean, we love covering them, too. seagull has got that perfect level of smugness, whereas he is completely unaware. And then there's Ginty, who's completely aware he's a piece of shit. And he goes out there and swishes threes like Larry Bird every fucking movie, and you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Robert Ginty? No, you are not menacing with any object. Chainsaw.
2: No, you are not a man.
3: Uh, Yeah, no, you are not a man.
2: Yeah, but so, I mean, like, no,
3: we... Who's you're more d- pathetic, Ted Cruz or uh, Robert Ginty? Oh, fuck.
2: I know. I gotta go Ted Cruz because... <sighs> he actually wields power. Yeah, yeah, but the things he does to get that power—like I don't even think even Ginty like lowers himself. Ginty's just like Seagal; he's just delusional. Like Ginty thinks he's a badass. Ted Cruz is like Gollum. I mean, he's just <laughs> like this. Like he'll do anything for that—that that, his precious. Oh yeah, and I gotta go. Fucking uh, Ted Cruz's. yeah Ted Cruz the for for sure. worst. Uh, but hey, you guys voted for him in
3: Texas. We did. Speaking of conmen, though, topic on hand is gonna be con con
2: artists. Con artists? Well, before we get into that, I I have an announcement I want to make. If anybody wants to make deep fakes of Griff and I fucking anybody, or even fucking each other, you have my permission. Do it. Oh, wow. Did you hear that story? What's that? There was a... I think he's a Twitch guy, one of those video game guys. Yeah, yeah. He uh, got busted because he had a tab up on his screen. He did some deep fakes of some female, like known, uh, oh Twitch, Twitch girls yeah. that he did, he had he had get deep fakes made of them or something. Oh, fucking! I saw that headline. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, and oh, it was it was so cringe inducing. I don't know what's worse. Like, I can understand the girls being creeped out by that hundred percent, but everybody else, who, what's it to you? Like this guy, he of course he had to do the groveling apology. Yeah. And, and to make matters worse his poor wife had to be in it oh yeah his poor unattractive wife had to be in it and she's crying cuz she's probably worried cuz this is probably their source of income 100%. is this fucking thing so she's by crying about that and she's humiliated having to be on this thing and he's just like and he's an it as you expect a twitch case an idiot he's just like oh this is fucking this and he's like swearing constantly during his apology and i was just like I think I like. We don't monetize issues. I You would never get an apology out of me even for something <laughs> like that. I don't. And by the way, like I said, you want Aubra? You want to do <laughs> deep fake and Griffin be fucking each other? Go for it. You have my permission. I don't care. I don't give a fuck.
3: Yeah. Uh, my only requirement: I have a thirty-two waist. Make sure that is in there. <laughs> he okay. Works hard in that. Waist. I work hard on that thirty-two
2: waist. Let's keep it thirty-two. But yeah, I don't like. I don't know what's just cringier: the, the, what he did or the, that, he, like. Why does he owe me an apology? Just privately go to those two girls and go, hey, that was creepy of me.
3: That's just a community of like so, – because these people work in such a niche environment that they have to apply to their – so they live in the greatest echo chamber of all because these are people that want to actually watch them do nothing but play video games. Yeah, I, I, it
2: boggles my mind.
3: I'm and, guilty of it. I yeah, watch I a shit ton of know, Twitch.
2: Because it. it, it's like – I don't get paying for like. How are we not getting any money? Like, we don't have a Patreon, We don't have that shit. Well, let's, and then we're like, we can't get people us for free. Yeah, and these shitheads who aren't even interesting are raking in the cash. Like, I get it when the 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 halfway attractive girls like fucking play it in like a like a like a bikini or some shit. I get there would be somebody who would want to see that. Who wants to see the douchebag X? You know, five six seven guy do his fucking thing
3: like the big obnoxious personalities i don't get at all that's the most
2: Poo- by the way Pie is having a baby everybody and people are really excited you about know that.
3: this how do you know this because this
2: was trending on twitter today oh okay and i looked at it i said what Pie?" first of all i just want to say i thought he was made up by south park when they did the south park episode i thought i did not know this was a real person I go, this yeah is and then i was like i found out he's real and he's a millionaire and i was furious yeah and it was just people like literally like I'm crying now because Pootie Pie's having a child. <laughs> they're talking about a man named Pootie Pie. You know Oh like Twitch streamers
3: to some people are like their new wrestling stars though. It's like they go there, they interact with them, they feel close to them for whatever reason. Yeah. It's a really interesting world. I find it to be know, the interesting, most but world. I find it to be the most interesting background noise. That's
2: that's what I like about it, you know? There's not all that many movies on. Well, I understand because when you're listening to us, you have to immerse yourself. You can't just put it on the background.
3: No, we're like that hardcore history podcast I love so much. I have to be sitting in front of a speaker old school style, like, you know, the big fucking family radio when you're listening to the bedside fireside chats with the president, Ronnie Reagan.
2: Yeah, in the 80s, we had fireside chats.
3: I know. That's why you're so into the radio. (laughs) Yeah. Have you heard about, uh, since we're talking about fakes and all this, chat and all that AI-based stuff is taking off? Everyone's doing their content. I really about it.
2: can we do that with? I don't know how how does it work. Cause I would really like to see if we could do something with our show on it. But we just would you would you give the thing a fucking file? I don't
3: understand. Like you, because I would like it. to see
2: if they could get our voices. Like that would be, AI. and we could I, just read it on. Like we could do an episode. We just read it. Like how about we pick a movie we don't want to do, <laughs> but. We have them do it for us, and we just read the fucking thing? Yeah, I don't know
3: how the fuck works. Uh, I watched, you know, the one internet etiquette guy. He did an episode based on it where he supposedly had AI write his whole episode, and it looked like he had to prompt it, and then it gave him, you know, jokes or whatever shit, content, storyline. But now one of the big things on Twitch right now is... um, Oh, I forget what the channel's called. Nothing Forever... And it is Seinfeld written by a uh, uh, AI. And so is
2: it accurate? Have you
3: read it? Huh? Have you read it? No, you don't read it. You watch it. They play they make a fucking T V show? It is computer generated, so it's like if you remember the Money for Nothing music video, yeah. it's kinda like those graphics. Okay. And they rename every character, of course. Sometimes they appear, sometimes they don't. But they do, like, a little, like, you know, they would do a scene in Jerry's apartment for in an actual episode of Seinfeld, and then they would cut to the next scene or whatever. So what they do is they'll have, like, a scene in somebody's apartment. The jokes never really line up or anything. It never carries on. It's just, like, a bunch of weird non-sequiturs that would fit on a Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the breakup is just Jerry doing the stand-up like they do at the beginning of the episodes. Okay. And it is weird.
2: Yeah, we need to look into this. I want to see if we can do something with our show with that because that would be funny. And it'd be scary if it's accurate. Like it gets us, like our voices down. Like it's exactly what I would say.
3: Just instead of doing the top half, we just have, we just read from the AI. Yeah. All I'll do is laugh. So it'll be really funny for me at least. (laughs) Yeah. Because I can't read.
2: (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah. We'll do that, people. We'll look into that. We'll look into that. But con men, like you were saying. Con men. Not all this is the thing about black exploitation people. Not all the fucking movies are funny and fun. So this is a this is a tragic story. We're Last doing. Last year today. we did a shit ton of tragic stories. Mama's dead. Okay. Yeah.
3: Mama's dead. <laughs> no 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 no. I don't remember the rest of the words.
2: By the way, if uh, you're new to the show and you don't want to scroll through everything, Griff just put up all our old uh, black exploitation history month. Episodes on our YouTube page. Just go and Globus the Theater on YouTube. You'll find it. Subscribe, notify, do whatever. Just don't give us a where. Where's the movie? That's all I ask. Yeah, what you was can even mo- tell us it sucks. Just don't tell us where's the one movie.
3: One person said, um, "You have ruined this movie."
2: Yeah, that was for the Mac, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was the and Mac. I, I saw that. Fuck yeah. you, by the way.
3: Typically, what happens is one day after we're done recording, me and Murray will go look at YouTube. And then we'll go respond to each one of them with the link <laughs> to the movie, right. well, Where they they're, can that's watch what
2: they it. Ask, we, asking you should receive exactly.
3: We're very helpful. We right. don't. We don't. We're need doing to, the work
2: you should be doing.
3: Yeah, we don't need to tell you how wrong you are about uh, us trying mm-hmm. to, you know, actually be creative and do shit. We just tell you where the movie's at, right? Because well, clearly you're too afraid to click another link,
2: right? Well, you you're entitled. you think everything should be for free? And when you don't get it for free, you get angry. That's right.
3: So, all right. Con men. Apparently us.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we're running a con. Hey, let alone fact, we're both half black. (laughs) But we're trick babies. We can pass. That's right. Okay. Iceberg Slim. You know about Iceberg Slim, Griff? I uh, barely know anything. I heard the name in passing. All right. Iceberg Slim was a pimp. A very good pimp, I hear. Uh there by the way, if you're interested in iceberg slim, there is a very good documentary about him. I believe it's I'm sure it's on some streaming site for free. Oh, but don't look for it on YouTube because you might not find <laughs> no, it. Don't. If you do, just go where is the yeah. fucking thing. Um it's is he's he uh he was a pimp for like twenty years. It's weird because he uh, he's a very smart man. I I really highly recommend you look into the, the uh the documentary, which I believe it's just called iceberg slim. Something something. <laughs> Because they actually talked to him. He died thirty years ago, but they talked oh, wow. to him uh, uh, on it and his wife. Because he, okay, he he was a pimp for twenty years, went to jail, and decided like I'm gonna get my shit together. Okay, and so he like and uh, and uh, this is the funny thing, like because he was a pimp, of course he had three daughters. Of course it would the karma would give you that. Yeah, but. uh you know, he's played it straight. He's got a regular job. And then his, his common-law wife, like, she was like, you got to tell these stories of this crazy shit you've seen, you know. That's kind of interesting. The wife was like, hey, yeah. this is a good idea for you. And so he wrote, I think, like, five or six books, like, uh, like, explaining the street life, like, I mean, they were all fiction books, but I think he, he pulled a lot from his life and the shitty scene, like you might have probably changed some names of some real-life people that did that shit. Right. Trick Baby was one of them. Uh, it's so, so Trick Baby is actually about
3: our white uh, white folks. Yeah, it's about white oh, folks. Oh, okay, okay.
2: And so, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I kind of have a mixed feelings because, you know, in, like, Everyone has this idea of pimps like Dolomite, like these funny, colorful characters. But what pimps are pieces of shit, really? I mean, right. when you think about it. I mean, I don't. And i and what I like. I like about Iceberg Slim is he gives it to you honestly. Yeah, like, he tells you how it really was. He tells you how fucked up he was, the fucked up shit he did. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't make ex, ex, you know excuses for what he did. Right. Because it was a weird. He had a weird upbringing. Because from what I learned about him he went to college he's a very smart man and he i guess his mother had like a beauty salon where a lot of the pimps and hoes would like hang out and he fell in love with that world which i don't understand at all because i've always lived on the periphery of that world like i knew that was a dead end so like i've been around it my whole life but i never wanted to get involved with it so I, i always stayed on the outside but like i've i've known people like people I went to school with who went on to get murdered or kill people or wow. fucking I've had friends that've gone to prison for drug dealing and shit. Okay. So yeah, I mean I've been I've seen that shit and I always realized it was a dead end, so I always stayed away from it. And I was lucky enough that I at least had a stable household. Like I didn't have like drug addicted parents or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. So but yeah, so then he got into it and then he took going to prison to get him out of it. And then frankly he, you know, wised up and went straight. Yeah. But it's funny because he's got a book called Pimp, which a lot it's like a it's like a, almost like a manual on how to become a pimp. Because <laughs> Ice T, who's got took his name from Iceberg Slim. Okay. He said he used it. Because he like you said, he tells you like I mean it I mean, this is the thing I don't like about like I don't like anybody that uses uh manipulation or mind games to get what they want in life, men or women. You yeah. know. And that's basically what a pimp is. Yeah. I guess the female version would be like a stripper or something like that. But it's like, he, yeah, he, I mean, I mean it's very simple. If you, hey, if you guys want to learn how to be a pimp, it's very simple. You, just, you do basically what a narcissist does in that you find somebody who's vulnerable, right. who feels unloved. Right. You make them feel special, you build them up, you get them hooked on you, and then you cut it off. It's yeah. cold hearted. And then they keep, they like a drug addict, they keep chasing after that high that you gave them. You, you're hot and cold with them all the time. Sometimes you're sweet. Sometimes you're sour with them. Yeah. And then you can get them to do anything you want. And that's basically, you know, so there you go, people. If you want to pimp out somebody, I just told you how to do it. <laughs> but I, I say don't do that. It's not a nice thing to do. Don't to do that. Not a nice thing. It's not a nice thing to do, people. Right. Just make deep fakes of them fucking.
3: Just make deep fakes, because then it's like you use their identity, or at least their facial identity, but you don't use their actual. Emotional you think they were use. more pissed
2: off they didn't get paid for it? their are deep fakes. I don't know. I think
3: I think we we're hitting like uh, just the uncanny valley of like, oh fuck, that's really weird that I'm seeing myself.
2: Yeah, there's gonna in be porn. There's going to be like Marilyn Monroe getting double teamed. Yeah, like you know, and, all, and there's going to be like. They're gonna be doing movies like real movies, having John Wayne and Marilyn Monroe like in you know, them. They'll just get the rights to them on the estate. That's
3: gonna fucking suck.
2: Yeah, it's gonna all, all well. I mean, shit sucks now, so yeah. it can't get any worse. Yeah, that's true. We'll still be doing the old movies that people like. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not covering AI movie. I'm sorry. No, I don't. <sighs> this future we're heading towards. We need more
3: con people. Wait, we already have them.
2: I mean, that's the thing. That's why I'm. That's why. I, I'm seriously interested if we can do it, see if we can do our show through that AI thing. Because is it possible like this is 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 is, can it duplicate human creativity? You know, I don't know. Well,
3: no, it hasn't experienced anything. It's just taking from a bunch of formula. Does that
2: matter? That's the thing. That's the thing. That's in Uncanny Valley. Does it matter? Are we really unique? Are we special in the world? Maybe we're not. And we're gonna learn that through AI. That anybody could do what we think only an artist like us can do. Yeah, it will be interesting. It will be interesting. I mean, I've seen some a lot of interesting AI art. Like somebody I saw on YouTube. We will get to Pricked Baby, by the way. Uh, we're not going to do a Quincy episode. We're just an hour of me talking about my boring punk rock stories. But uh, I, somebody took a Slayer song, and it just created images from that Slayer. And it was horrific, hellish images. It looked really cool. Yeah. So it's going to be weird what's going to happen with AI.
3: I mean, of course it's going to be able to churn out some shit. They're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty neat. But at the same time, like, it seems like all art's about is you know the endeavor that got you there.
2: And by the way, all you white collar people, now you're feeling what blue collar people have been feeling for the past forty years. A robot's gonna take your job now. Yeah. how are you gonna feel? yeah,
3: yeah, that's right. I've been saying it for a while. I work in automation. I see that shit every day.
2: Trick, baby. All right. this is a, like I said, this is the kind of a, i this I liked it because I like bleak shit. so I liked this movie. it was it was film noir, do you think? They did a good job
3: of giving you, like, the people you're kind of, like, rooting for, but then also showing you the painful side of the people they fucking ripped off. Well... They 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 play both yeah, sides like that? I, well,
2: yeah, that's, that's what I appreciate about Iceberg Slim. This is reality. This is real street life. I mean, yeah. look, we all love fucking Rudy Ray Moore, but that's just comedy.
3: Oh, yeah, that's Vince McMahon's version of this. Right. So, got the smiling black man in there telling jokes, smiling, dancing... Getting his nephew off drugs.
2: Well, and I, I mean, and I understand. Like it's it. And I, it's I'm more not, marketable that way. Well, it's marketable, and it's also, especially at the time, I I understand that it's the power fantasy that downtrodden people have, where they're getting one over on the man. I only, I totally understand the popularity of black exploitation. Yeah, especially in the seventies when, oh, yeah. when they were just just like all those fucking uh, not social justice, but. The Civil Rights Movement and that kind of shit, you know? And so I get it, and I appreciate it, and I I think it's good. But I also like that this movie is like, this is how it really is. Yeah.
3: There's some really fucking good scenes in here that just show, like, uh, we might pipe in the audio for it. There's a white dinner that happens to take place, and fuck, tell her like it is. Two political sides that are just both like, yeah, we do need to keep them down. We just need to do it for different reasons. Right. So we'll, we'll get there eventually too, um, but yeah, we see the painful side. We see how they use it, how, how they use their conning ability in everyday life to get anything they want—ladies, money, cars. We get to see it all. It would have belonged in last year's collection of uh, black exploitation movies as well: pushers and pimps. No, yeah. yeah, a little less pushing in this movie though.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that's why I kind of we started out with a silly movie like Black Kill. I didn't want the whole month to be a downer. And we're going to end on a fun movie, too. But okay. in the middle, we're going to have a little grittier shit, which is my preference.
3: Do you but, know where they filmed this? Because there's a lot. Philadelphia. It was Philly. Okay. Because yeah. it looks rough. Like, there's a lot of just lap buildings, brick buildings and everything. It It's a little reminiscent of some of the places you go to in Detroit still today.
2: Yeah, well, every, yeah, every city, especially a major city, has their... Rough part of town. So yeah. I'm sure that's probably where they filmed it. Right. So. uh Was Iceberg always out of Philly or. I don't think. I don't know where. I don't remember where he was from. I don't think. So. I think he was a West Coast guy. But I could be wrong about okay. that. I mean. I don't know. That's why you guys need to check out the documentary. So you can learn <laughs> on your own. You do our research. Exactly. And then tell right. us on YouTube. Exactly. Hey. If it wasn't for me. You wouldn't know about this guy who deep faked two friend, female friends.
3: Or maybe it's in your news feed or you look at Twitter as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Why don't we get into this movie? Let's head out for that trailer. All right, everybody. On the other side of this trailer, you're going to get some real street knowledge from Iceberg Tim. Get the hell
1: out of here! Where's Blue? What should I know? Trick baby. You wouldn't know the truth if it walked up and spit you in the face. Trick Baby, the
2: best-selling novel by Iceberg Slim, hottest black writer in the world today. The real gut story of the ghetto, its bras, its dudes, and high rollers
1: like Blue Howard, the slickest con man of them all. Tonight, I'm drinking to the suckers, God bless their greedy little hearts. Because <laughs> without them, where would our hustlers be? Trick Baby.
0: Touch those rocks, and you're dead.
4: Jack, baby. Yeah, on, let's let some out. No, not
1: at all. some kind of fun together. You better believe it. You <laughs> know who sold them the funny rocks? Well, I don't know, Mr. Pirelli, but uh, I think they were colored. Find them for me. What did he do for his share? I tell beautiful lies for my money, Cleo. His white skin gives us a slick edge. I catch the black marks, he catches the hump. All right, 10000 in cash, you bring 90000 You bring it in cash, strictly cash on the table. That's for your protection. I want $5,000. What for? So I don't go to the phone booth and call Nino and tell him how you did the old man. Trick, baby. Trick, baby. Trick, baby. Get away from me, you're a dead man. What do you want more, the money or to keep on breathing? I want both. Well, you can't have
0: both!
3: All right, we are opening up, and we have a man in a holy shirt and a little dilapidated one-room uh, apartment, I guess. Hotel, actually.
2: The It's the uh, $5 sheet hotel from Executioner. That's right. Yeah, we have uh, like an older black man, probably in his 50s or yeah. 60s, full beard. He's wearing the long johns. Looks like me in the winter time. Yeah, and he's uh like setting up this scene where he's like
3: He's got a bag full of cigarette butts he's scattering everywhere. Yeah,
2: and he he puts like some half-eaten sandwiches and like some empty liquor bottles. He's just setting them and we're like, what's going on with this what shit? Going-
3: you hear a blood-curdling scream, it must be another woman that has to lay with Robert Ginty.
2: And he didn't even pay for the sheets. He didn't pay she for was the least. sheets. At least I could have got fucked on $5 sheets. $5 sheets. Clean sheets. Yeah. She, he didn't give her that. He didn't. That's why we ate Ginty. You're a piece of shit, Ginty. That's right. So, all right, and then we go out, and we see this white guy with this older white man. And they are walking with
3: purpose down the sidewalk.
2: Right, and they walk up to this no motel, and they ask for Harvey. And you know, the guy's like, I'm not giving no names away. And he's like, you better, you African-American. He didn't say African-American.
3: This is uh, a character we're going to learn in a second here. His name's Mr. Kelly. He's being very yeah. forceful. He's got perfect quaffed hair. C- Quaved, quaffed, Quaved. quaffed, 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 quaffed. Okay,
2: yeah, he's very like we always say. He he, if you walk like like Iron Eagle, if you just walk in a room like you own the place. People will fucking do what you tell them. to Goddamn right, right. They will it's not question you. Right, and I mean Iron Eagle had great hair too. So of course that right. kid got whatever he wanted. Did you notice? I put it up on Twitter and got nothing for it. It Was a hilarious observation on Iron Eagle. Sure, a kid was seeing a kid. He's wearing a short sleeve denim shirt and he cuffed the short sleeve. Yeah, never yeah. seen that before. Yeah, I've seen the white trash cigarette pack thing. Yeah, right, where but, you roll it up. Yeah, yeah, but I never saw that. Anyway, getting <laughs> back to uh, Trick Baby. <laughs> so they they. Yeah, he's like the guy how does the guy give up he's like fuck you I know where this guy is
3: right he just grabs the fucking uh, book w- with all the you right. know sign in
2: and everything he finds Harvey himself he's like
3: god damn was that so hard Mr. Harvey Edward Harvey
2: Whippleman yeah Harvey Whippleman I see it right Whippelman. there and he's like, he's like and you better not fucking call him up he's like motherfucker we have phones in this goddamn hotel That's right. couldn't even if I wanted to
3: so they stomp, stomp their way up the stairs and everything they knock on the door of course uh, our, our character Harvey he's just like no no i'm not taking any guests right now and they're like it's me mr kelly oh mr kelly i'm so sorry comes over opens the door welcomes him in
2: and he's looking for jewelry yeah he's like i got this jewelry and he pulls out a like a little box like a beret or something in it with like some diamonds
3: yeah just just one little ring box or whatever yeah. and mr kelly's like motherfucker i want the real shit I don't want this ring. We want. I brought this gentleman here to see the good shit. And Harvey is hesitant. He's like, "Oh no, I don't keep that here. How could I keep that here? It's too expensive. I, I, anyone could
2: break in and, and steal he goes, it." Listen, African American. He didn't say that. Go get the good shit, and that puts him in line. Right. I'll tear this
3: apartment apart and find them myself. It, unless you're going to go ahead and just do it for so, Harvey. Okay, okay, Mr. Kelly, okay, Mr. Kelly. Pulls
2: out the good shit. Right, and the guy, the old white man's expecting it. He's, he's licking his lips over it. This is diamonds. Just
3: thousands of diamonds.
2: And Harvey's like, that's at least a hundred thousand dollars in diamonds. Mr. Kelly,
3: you do know that's a hundred thousand dollars worth of diamonds. I can't take any less than a hundred thousand.
2: Well, I think he wanted like 50 or something. I don't think that's not a good trade. <laughs> it's like I want exactly what you these stolen goods. Well, Murray, he's bargaining. He's just not good at it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'll give you 10.
3: No, you can't do that, Mr. Harvey. You'll kill me.
2: Look, I'll do whatever I want. You see the color of this skin? I'll do whatever I want, Mr. Whippleman. All right, I, 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 you drive a hard bargain.
3: Please, at least 15?
2: 10. And the fucking old man just smiles like, that's a guy who knows how to be in charge. Right. And he's like, all right, you got me, 10. Yeah. I'll take it. I don't think he even said agrees. He just throws him 10 grand and walks out with the Harvey shit. doesn't
3: even get to agree. He <laughs> agrees on the fact that he won't get pummeled. By this, I mean, he's malnourished, he's awful looking. He's an elderly black man. He's an elderly yeah. black man. And then you got Mr. Kelly, who's just fucking jacked to the gills. He's got that waffed hair. <laughs> he's beautiful. He's very well nourished and everything. He could have pummeled the fuck out of him. But no, he's like, you're not going to get any lumps today. You're going to get 10 grand, and you're going to shut the fuck up.
2: And he just throws it at him and walks out the door with the loot, the ice, as they say on the streets.
3: That's right. And then we get some nice music interlude as we watch Harvey take off his shirt
2: Shaven, i was disappointed on. we didn't get a theme song but i guess the somber tone of this movie it would be inappropriate to have a
3: trick baby ba-bum, 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 yeah, would be, wait, i would wait, like wait, to hear this song hey, maybe trick, we baby. can put that into the ai <laughs> we need a theme song for
2: <laughs> make that happen <laughs> and so yeah and then harvey's like he's like ecstatic he's like cleaning himself up shaving Yeah, you just
3: lost ten thousand dollars what are you so happy about harvey then we look over at Mr. Kelly, who, you know, finishes dropping off uh, his, you know, parts ways with the old white guy. He's getting his car, and uh, a few seasons later, we're following Harvey. He gets in his own car. He's looking like a made man. He's got a beautiful jacket, great hat.
2: Right, and we see both of them making their way to this apartment. We see uh, Mr. Kelly, we thought was a scumbag, racist white guy. That's Slapping five with black people. They're all greeting him. We're like, That's what's right. going on here? Man, this guy. And then they meet up. They both go in the, the separate elevators. They meet at the exact same time they open up. That's right. And they look, and we're like, what the fuck? This guy just fucked this. What's going on here? Right. And they fucking slap each other five. And we're like, oh, shit. Uh, These guys I, are working together.
3: Then... As we're seeing that they're working together, we get some quick cuts of the old man. He's trying to pawn off those diamonds, and he's learning that they're fake. They're glass. And so we watch him as he drives off in his car. And again, we're in the bad side of Philadelphia, and he apparently has a heart attack or something. He's so
2: upset by it. it He has a heart attack. Yeah. He crashes his car.
3: Very convincing job by this old man. I thought he literally died right there. Yeah. And just let's go of the weird wheel. Jesus decides it's his time, and he crashes into a building. Jesus does
2: not take the wheel. Yeah. He crashes.
3: Well, I was saying that Jesus said, come up here, old man. You're clearly not fit for this world anymore. You're getting conned by everybody.
2: So now, our cares, we learn this isn't Harvey and Mr. Kelly. This is blue and white folks.
3: White folks. Greatest name.
2: Right. Mr. White folks. Yeah, and he's a
3: white man. guy, so Murray, clearly he is. Got to be one of the good ones,
2: I not think. So, not so fast.
3: Not so fast. Not
2: so fast, because we're at Blue's apartment with his young, much younger wife, Cleo. Yeah. Total cunt. hate her. <laughs> She's not one of the good ones. Yeah. She's like sleeping in bed. It's like fucking one o'clock in the afternoon. She's still sleeping in bed. He... Well, when you live the high life like you do, it's like what? What does time even mean? What do you think time means to Elon Musk? He's just screwing he's, people he's over he's the all day time and master. Night. He's the time. He decides what time it is. Oh, I thought Bill Gates did. No, he's too busy putting microchips in our vaccines. That's right. So, <laughs> did she ask for Shirley Temple? Because she wanted a grenadine and... It's soda. Soda. Is that a Shirley Temple? That might be. I'm
3: not I'm not too <laughs> sure. Yeah, I but I do is. like White's... Like, her. Ten, the tension between White and Cleo was a fascinating. Yeah. Because she doesn't like having a White man in her apartment. And she wakes up because she hears that... Uh, Blue is going to be giving White some
2: money, right? His cut of the the con they just did. Exactly. And she's like, "Why are you giving this honky anything?" And he's like, "I've told you about this. He is not a honky. I knew his fucking mom. She was as black as you." And so this is what we, This is how we. This is the whole conceit of the entire movie. First of all, trick baby. If you don't know, is the baby that a, a prostitute has with her John? Oh, because it's a trick. He's trick. a trick. Yes, of trick course. Baby. And so, yes, white folks, mom was a black woman. His father was a white man and he can pass for whites. Yes. And that's why they run these great cons because they can get into the white world as well as the black world. Right. So blue values him and blue has known him since he was a kid and took him in and mentored him. Yeah. She taught him the game. And, and- so he's like, no, this guy's almost like a son to me. I don't know. And she's just like, fuck this guy. I don't believe he's even fucking black. He's like, I fucking knew his mom, all right?
3: Yeah. So the story of this whole movie is not so much about Blue. He's playing kind of sidecar.
2: Well, that's what I that's what I was disappointed in. And I don't know. I I'm going to I'm going to read the book so cuz I'm very interested in it cuz they don't really as far as I'm concerned, they touch on it, but they don't delve into the, the world that white folks lives in and where he's kind of In between two worlds, like he's not—he's not black enough for Cleo, right? But at the same time, even though he can't pass as a white man inside, he's a black man, and he's—he experiences racism and knows how through his friends and knows how fucked up that is, and knows himself that he's part black. So I think if they, because in this movie it's more about the cons, which is fine, yeah, you know. But I think if you're doing a a a movie called trick baby i think you want to know more about trick baby
3: Uh, yeah because that's
2: what the blacks call him on the street that's an insult so oh the ones that don't like him call him just a trick baby
3: right and there's just as many people who don't like him because it's easy to judge people by appearances which is the whole idea of you know how a lot of our white characters in this movie look at black characters right is there simply no you're beneath us because you look different Right. So you know you get a little inverse exverse, but you have a lot of characters that accept white folks, including Blue, who we know is one of the coolest motherfuckers in town, aside from the abuse he is given. But yeah, he, he he's raised him since he's a baby. Well, this- yeah, because
2: we learn that Blue is addicted to the game, like, and they 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 have scenes where they show us that where like because white folks is just doing it because this is survive. Yeah, you know, he doesn't. He, I know he doesn't. So much hate. He is no. He's ambivalent about. And there's no hate or love. It's just like, like blue enjoys conning people. Yeah. And white is doing is you know like I said to make a living. That's yeah. all he knows because that's what blue brought him up.
3: After basically like every other trick we do see uh, or con, we see white have some kind of like, oh man, what about that old guy? And blue has to tell him like dude, that guy would have fucked us over 10 times to Tuesday. Like, he would have done it in a much more subtle way by taxing us or cutting off, you know, flipping all of our grocery stores for Dollar Generals or something. He would have fucked us over some way. So all we did was just cut him off before he could do that.
2: Right, because before Cleo comes out of a room, there is a scene where white folks is like, you know what, I'm giving it up. I'm going to go live in the country. Yeah. And then Blue's like, you know you're a city guy. You, You can't. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna spend this money on some whores. That's
3: right. You know? I'm just gonna waste it all <laughs> on fucking whores.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, there's uh, you just you you get a taste of what uh white folks is going through, and that there's even though he is half black, he's really not accepted by the black community because he looks white. Yep. At the same time, he doesn't feel comfortable in white society either because he grew up on the streets. Yeah. So that's – I think – I wish, wish they would have done – and I don't think the actor was good enough to pull that off anyway. And Blue is great. The guy who plays Blue is fucking great. Yeah, agreed. He's not horrible white folks, but I think – I don't know. I,
3: I they you know. Again, you said it best when you were saying they didn't give us enough connection to whites. They, they just kind of like scanned over him. One of the best scenes is him with that little – uh a game hen or whatever they're called yeah, the little yeah. little chicken guys yeah. and he has no idea what he's doing. Right. So you get a little bit of it but
2: probably if it's a yeah, There's movie, no there's no place for him. That's the, You don't get the angst he feels which I'm sure a lot of interracial people in real life feel too. Yeah. Because you know? like, like you think of like Obama. Like He's a black man Society looks at him And goes That's a black man But he was raised By white people Yeah So that might have been That must have been odd You know Because I mean His white family Loved him But still They don't know What it's like to be black And what he goes through Being black For sure So you know Yeah I think there would You know There would be a lot of Like issues Yeah Yeah
3: so in this scene, we have Blue calling his wife Cleo uh, a boarder, and she gets all pissed off at him, storms out of the room. And we see that Blue is very quick to calm down a situation. He goes in there, and he starts telling her jokes and everything. He's and always conning to people, her. Yeah. Mean, really. When you think Again, you about said it. it yeah. He's a manipulator. Yeah. And he is very good at manipulating. And he gets off on it. Even the closest people to him. Right. So he calms her down, and they're agreeing to meet up with uh, white um, white folks later that night at you know their favorite bar. They're going to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, to celebrate
2: their big con. So now we cut to the who is that old man? Was he just some random old man? No, he was the uncle. Of fucking a made man, Nino. Yeah.
3: Nino Palapatrino.
2: Palapatrino. <laughs> and they're at the hospital. We got his uh, the old man's wife crying, you know, and he's pissed off. He's like, What the fuck happened with yeah. my fucking uncle? He was found in the fucking ghetto. His car was crashed. He's got his own fucking personal uh, uh, priest there
3: with him. He's telling him, Anything you would do for me, you do for my uncle here. Right. He is like, the savior of my life, or whatever, and so Nino walks out of the room, and there's Dot Murray.
2: Dot Murray, and Murray's yeah. AI name. <laughs> <Yes>. Dot <laughs> Murray. Dot com Murray. And yeah, because every uh, mafia guy has their own dirty cop, That's and right. Dot Murray is as Nino's, and he's a black cop too. And he's like, "What the fuck happened?" He's like, "Look, I'm here. I'm getting stories on the street. I don't know who did it yet." Yep. But I know it was about some fucking fake diamonds that yeah. your uncle bought. He had talked to the
3: jeweler that uh, the uncle yeah. had brought the diamonds to, and he learned that he was very distraught when he learned that, you know, because right. he wasted 10 grand. Yeah, because we
2: learned he he is like a, like a fur dealer or something. He knows nothing about diamonds and right. shit. So That's he, what Nino says. He yeah. doesn't
3: know anything about diamonds. Why would he? That's why he got caught in the hustle, because he knows right. nothing about diamonds.
2: Right, and fucking, yeah, because white folks in blue are so good at what they do, they hook them. So he's just like, "Look, all right, I want more details. Whatever, I, whatever it costs."
3: Yep, you know my, you know my pockets are deep. Go out there, give me the information. Put the screw on these guys. And come back to me when you got more information.
2: All right, now we cut to we see we see this white woman in a fur coat. So we know she's got money, and she looks nervous. She's on the, I'm assuming the south side. Cause in the south side. Always the rough side uh, of Yeah, that's everywhere. Right. And she's, like, looking nervous. She's looking for a cab. She's get the fuck clutching out. her purse like it's right. goddamn football, you know? Right. And fucking white folks gears voice turns like, I got a pigeon right there. Makes a beeline for her. That's right. And he's like, hey, what's the problem? He's like, I can't get a cab here. And he's like, Oh, don't worry about it. He goes, steps in front of a car. He does. He jumps in front of a car. So the guy's like, man, what the fuck's wrong with you? He's like, hey, I got a fucking lady here. So he puts the woman in the car, Susan. We learn her name is.
3: Yeah, he's just gonna. It looks like he's gonna just put her in the car. This is where I was trying to figure out: are they working together or what? Because he puts the uh, Susan in the car, and then he looks over at the cabbie, and the cabbie is staring daggers into his
2: face, and he's like, "I better go with you." Right, and then he. Starts working Susan immediately. Like I guess it's all about confidence. That's why they call it con men. It's no, confidence store for confidence, men Because his game is weak in this fucking thing. What the thing? You know the way he's working her. Yet the confidence he exudes works on her. Because there's a we'll get into. It. There's a bizarre fucking scene coming up. Oh right, my the god! Next scene.
3: So many things about this is bizarre because
2: she's trying to go back to. Well, she, yeah, we learned that she has like a seamstress or something that you know probably some fucking. Black woman she takes advantage of, you know, because she's like a possibly. rich bitch. Yeah. And so she has to go in the bad side of town to get her shit done. And so that's why she was there. Okay. I don't remember where he was supposed to be taking her in the cab. Because well, I
3: thought he took a B route and took her to a hotel. He did. He was yeah. just like,
2: Look, I'm in town from Chicago. He's running his con. Right. I'm in some money. I'm just partying, and she goes along with it. That was so weird about it.
3: I like his name was a throwback to another movie we did. It was Mr. Jonathan. Was it? <laughs> it was Jonathan something, but yeah, I Johnny forget. something. Yeah, and McNeil maybe.
2: He's, yeah, so he takes her to a hotel. He's, She's going along with yeah. this too. Confidence.
3: That's right. And he goes up to the fucking you know clerk at the desk, and he's like, "I would like the presidential suite," and the guy there's no resident, there's no occupancy up there on the top floor 100 200 300 400, and then you see the face of the clerk and it's yeah cuz
2: yeah because he did come in with kind of like a pimp like jacket he had like a fur collar so the guy was like oh this is some riffraff riffraff yeah and then he like you said pulls down those $500 bills that's like right. sir whatever you like
3: that's right so there we see the presidential suite door just open right. up, and the two walk in there. He's talking about how nice the floors
2: are to her, right? And she just like, "Look, I've just met you. I kind of, got, I got to get home." He's like, "No, no, no, baby, don't worry about it. You know, we have time to do some shit."
3: Yeah, I mean, wh- why did you look
2: so frightened when you were out on that streets there? And she's like, "Well, I gotta admit, like, I'm not. I'm usually around black black people, so I I got scared. I mean, I'm ashamed of that, but yeah. you know, I just."
3: I was scared. I was scared by those black faces. Black faces scare you? <laughs> he's got the champagne there on ice and he's like, oh, I can make myself a black face. And he <laughs> lights the cork to get it, you know, all inkied up. Yeah, and then this, he starts. This was weird. I it, don't know what the so fuck. So strange. Yeah. Smears it just a little bit on his face. He didn't go full on black face. He just smeared it. No, his cheeks. Them. Yeah. Covered his cheeks and like. Got it all over his hands. Yeah. And, and then he tries to make a move on her. Yeah. A gropey, like well, not gropey because he didn't
2: go for the honkers. He didn't segal it. <laughs> he went for the shoulder arm area. Yeah, he starts rubbing his face on her white sweater. Yeah. So she's, he's getting all this shit on her. And she's cool. Like, she's uh, giggling. Yeah. But again, the situation Well, yeah, probably, and you know what? It's weird because racism – the main theme of this movie is racism. But I think this scene is sexism because it's like – at this time, 50 years ago, feminism is just starting. Women just went along with whatever man told them to do. Okay. you know. So I think that's what they're trying to get across. Okay. Because I don't know why she would put up with it. No woman now would put up with it. I would hope not. And so she's just like, oh, my God, you got th- this shit on my... I'm going to go clean this off. She goes to the bathroom. Right. Giggly, polite, even though everything about the situation is... Weird.
3: Fucking weird. Run yeah. for the door. <laughs> yeah. And he... He looks over that champagne. He pours himself a tall glass. He even thinks he's like shit. I fucked. He up. struck out. Even yeah. though, based on what we're seeing here, is that he gets away with this all the time. He does the blackface joke on every fucking woman, <laughs> yeah. and next thing you know, he's in Pound Town. But today, Susan saw through it. Yeah, not so, everybody
2: bets a thousand. You know?
3: Exactly. Not even Wade Boggs. Not
2: even Wade Boggs. I'm the juice. I'm
3: the Wade juice. Buggs. So he fucking chugs a couple glasses of champagne. It's just like, all right, I'll, you know, take her back downstairs, see if I can get a couple hundred back for that, or maybe con somebody <laughs> else into the room, something. Right. And she walks. The sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there black ink everywhere? Uh, she walks out of the bathroom
2: in her undies, her skivies Right. Apparently it works. It, it works. <laughs> I don't recommend anyone try that. Don't try this. Don't try blackface to get laid. No. Don't. I do not think that'll work in 2023. Uh, 50 years
3: ago worked perfectly. So now we get an even weirder scene, and it doesn't even register on the speeds and scale, <laughs> no. because we're getting splice-ups, and why is this scene in existence?
2: I don't know. Does this show different ways white people and black people have sex? I don't know. And just to remind you, we both like this movie. Yeah. It's a good
3: movie. Even good movies have rocky scenes, because this scene is fucking bizarre. Yeah. It's a cut-up of the two having sex in their own way. Yeah, they're going back and forth.
2: We see Blue with Cleo. And you said this best. Cleo is not interested. No, in, she's sick uh, of him. Yeah. But so, she's using him. I mean, she's a much younger woman. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and maybe, maybe he's maybe Blue is so lost in his own fog, yeah, that he fooled himself into thinking she's into him, but Mi- she's clearly not.
3: Do you think this is what Leonardo DiCaprio experiences? Because he's also really into the nineteen-year-old crowd. He's got yeah. a new girlfriend that's nineteen right now. He's going on yeah. sixty.
2: It's kind of well, got that vibe too. He's my age. What you Isn't he fifty-seven? No, he's my age. We have, we're the exact same age. He's forty-eight.
3: Oh, 48. Okay. Yeah.
2: That's still a huge difference. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, no, I understand from a sexual standpoint, I want to bang a 20-year-old, but I don't know. Like, I wouldn't want to hang out with a but 20-year-old. Why would you want to hang out with a 20-year-old? As huh? Well, I mean, he's uh, I mean, he's probably, he's mentally that, you know, he's stunted mentally, emotionally G- stunted. Yeah. So he's in Hollywood that, would do that to you. Right. Because it's coddled. Yeah. And he's been, he's been famous since he was fucking like a teenager. You That's know? right. So it would make sense. Anyways. Blue is fucking Cleo, and we're seeing uh, uh, white folks fuck uh, Susan. So, Blue.
3: Cleo is turned on her side in the very edge of the bed. Face is right in the camera, and we got Blue just trying to smooch on her. Whispering
2: know. sweet nothings into her ears. Right.
3: And then we cut over to White, and Susan is on her back. She's got her shirt off. We're seeing her hard nips, yeah. and uh, uh, White is moving in for you know the thrust. But he's she, all business. Yeah, he's all business, yeah. and she's like, "No, Jonathan, slow, Mister Jonathan, slow down. Let me touch your face, and you right, know, t- a, talk to me. Tell me something about right, you. She was at
2: suburban yeah,
3: I see you're four inches from the ground, but you know, give me yeah, something.
2: That's, that's where you got the black side.
3: Yeah, what, what, what kind of? What do you feel? How do you feel about balconies? Oh shit.
1: John, let me wipe your face first. Hold on. Yeah, baby. Yeah, stay with me, love. Stay with me, love. Uh Uh Come to me.
3: Come to me, Johnny. Hold me, Johnny. Talk to me. Stay with
1: me. Uh Oh, like it. Am I good? Am I good, baby? Baby, Uh
4: baby. Uh <laughs>
2: yeah, she's just talking way too much. Oh yeah, and so we're like think, So we're like, may, maybe this is what they're saying is blue should be with Susan, and white folks should be with Cleo. Because maybe. they both they're they're opposing fucking styles. right. I mean, it also the opposites attract
3: kind of situation going there too, because Cleo does not like white folks too much. So maybe they'd have real
2: chemistry in the bedroom. Yeah. She needs a good fucking as most guys would say. <laughs> so yeah, um yeah, it was like you said the Swedes in scale is a big fat zero. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: I wouldn't even register it. There's no music. No music. I maybe I'll pipe in some of the audio of just the horrible ADR, uh, whatever they call it, uh, audio after the effect or whatever, because they give you, it sounds like, it's supposed to sound like delicious peach eating. Instead, <laughs> yeah. that what it sounds like is a man gargling rocks or something? It is fucking awful, yeah. and I kind of want everyone to experience
2: All right. that. All right, everybody's finished fucking. Now it's time to go to the club and have a drinky-poo. So, uh, uh, Blue shows up in his finest suit with Lady Cleo. Everyone's greeting him. This is a hangout for all the hustlers. He even says, there's only two kinds of people in this world. Hustlers and suckers. And what would we do without the suckers?
3: So, tonight, we drink to those suckers. He was so happy. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's, got, he's got five grand yeah, in his pocket. Like, because of suckers. Right. Uh, drinks all around, show me to my favorite corner, make sure the champagne is flowing all night. No cost right. is too much. $5,000.
2: Yeah, and then folks shows up, and Cleo's still icy with him. I think she's also jealous of the relationship they have. 100%. 100%. And, so, and like, you know, like a, like the perfect con, man, Blue's always, like, trying to make everybody feel comfortable at ease. He's like, come on, baby, you know, this yeah. is my boy. Move down, make some room for him.
3: That's right. They were supposed to be sitting opposite each other. Instead, now they're sitting on the same side. You know, it's not a romantic evening if you're sitting on the same side. Right. That ruins the whole affair.
2: And then we see a guy in the background, this older black man, and he's like motions to him, and Blue's like, "Baby, go powder your nose." I don't have to powder. Go powder your nose. We got men business to take care of. So she goes and powders her nose. And this, the man gets up. We learn his name is Felix. Yep. And he basically runs Philly, the south side of Philly, at least, underworld. Yeah. Because he has all the connections. He knows all the judges, all the DAs, all the cops that are dirty. And you got to give him a little taste of everything you do. 10%. 10% of yeah. 10000
3: That's That's $1,000. Yeah. I did the math. 10% of 10000
2: Ten percent of ten thousand? No, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's just like and he lets it he he lists if he lists off his credentials, he's like, You know how much it costs to keep you motherfuckers out of jail, you know. Yeah. I'm the one doing that. Right. Your old ass is gonna be like going up the river for fucking ten years if they find out this shit. Yeah,
3: he's very subtle about it. He does it right. in his, his nice, you know, kind of nonchalant way and all that. He gets his message across, and he gets his, he gets paid right, right they there. They grumble
2: about it, but they hand over the money. That's right. And so, like, now it's time to party. Folks has been
3: saying to uh, Blue all night, he's like, you know, I got this other thing I got to go attend to tonight, so I can't hang out too late. And Blue's like, no, you're my boy. You got to stay here tonight. No, 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 I got this other thing I'm working on now. I got I, I to gotta take off. Right. So after paying off Felix and everything, we cut over to see exactly what white folks was talking about.
2: Right. We see, uh, we, now we learned that we, we assumed and we, now we were right. Susan comes from money. She has some class. The friends she was uh, talking about how she had to meet up with.
3: High flutin type, the type of uh, you know upper middle class that talk about politics at Fraser the dinner drives. table, the Fraser Cranes of the world. We were talking about Fraser. I got to throw this uh, question out there: How much does somebody in radio in the early nineties
2: make? Well, we're going to be talking to a radio guy next week, so he'll probably. Give oh, us you know what?
3: Yeah, we'll to, save that for. I him. mean,
2: it's not polite, first of all, to talk about money with people. So we might not put it out there. We'll talk to him privately. About oh, okay. It, you know, I don't want I don't want to embarrass him. That's true. He's still making more money than we are. All so I'm all I'm asking money. him
3: is how much uh, radio people in Seattle in the '90s made. That's my question. Yeah. Not about how much. He and makes.
2: you're on talk radio too. You're not even on like a station people listen to. You Oof. know, you're on the talk radio station. That's right. All right. Hey, I mean, Mike Valenti, I'm sure he's rolling in the money. Oh, he's got to be making at least 14 figures. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, he's at a white people party. And this fucking scene infuriated me in how accurate it was. It is
3: a little too accurate. We're seeing, again, we've been talking about, we want to see to this comfort
2: in white folks. And this is really the scene you get to see. it. Right, because even though he can pass for white, this is an alien world to him. And a world, to, I'm sure he's got... Rightful grievances against because I'm, I'm literally white and I have rightful grievances against these motherfuckers.
3: I hated these motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. These are absolutely the worst kind of people. Yeah. These are the people Martin Luther King was trying to warn us about. Yeah. So, do we want to pipe, we want
2: to give the people a little taste of what the conversation was in this scene? Oh, yeah. Let's hear some, some of that dinner conversation.
0: Uh, it's you liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard. You liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Paul, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. (laughs) That makes it even worse. No, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. Uh, no, thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us.
2: All right. I wonder if... I'm going to read the book this was based on, because I think this came... this the words came straight out of Iceberg Slim's mind because he got it so perfectly. You got, because it's like, I don't care what their politics are, because they even point out, this guy's like, I'm liberal, I'm conservative. yeah. But at the the end of the day, when it comes down to it, when it comes to their money, 1% stick together no matter what their politics are. And that's right. And they're just talking about how they're explaining. Meanwhile, let's point out, while they're doing this, they have black people serving them. They're talking about black people as they don't exist, which I, I I don't know if you've ever had this when you were doing your installs. Like, I've been in fucking work for rich people where they do treat you like that. Yeah. Like, you just don't exist. You're subhuman. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's usually, it's all, and it's always, always the wife who doesn't even work who acts like that.
3: Yeah. I've had. Oh, yeah.
2: And so, yeah, I, I'm totally down with fucking white folks. I know exactly what he's feeling like. Yeah.
3: And like you again, what we we're talking about, where we're seeing the discomfort now. He's trying to work that game hen. He just can't quite figure it out. He's like scooping <laughs> into its crevice to see what they stuffed into it. He's like, what the what the fuck's going on in here? Uh, you see Susan. She's kind of looking at him, but she's still a little, you know, she's got a smile on her face about it.
2: Right. Well, yeah, this is the only world she knows.
3: You know. Yeah. So well, I know. I mean, she's enjoying watching white folks work this uh, game hen.
2: Well, yeah. There's. Pr- he yeah. finds well, it cute. Yes. A little condescending, but
3: yeah. So we're just kind of like rolling through this dinner party. We're getting cuts of like blue at the bar and everything, but that's not important to the story. We're just seeing blue right. doing blue stuff. Folks uh he's, you know, standing up, he's sharing a glass of champagne. And he's just... Well, they're probably
2: drinking, like, sherry or something. Yeah. Shit, cigars. Something Frazier would drink. Super, sherry. Always. Drink. Like It's like all the men folk go to the library or whatever with their sherry and their cigars. 100% accurate. You know? yeah.
3: He's standing in an aisle or, you know, under a archway and everything. He's smoking a cigar. And then, uh, oh, it was an H name. Harry. I believe it was Harry. Okay. Harry comes up to him. So I've been here and you're planning on making a bunch of money. How do you plan on doing that? Because I have money, but I don't have... Enough money,
2: right? And he—he's like, I thought he was just like he's like, I got to leave because I've got this deal I got to do in the morning. And they were like, "What?" He—he
3: he leads them on with that first. Like he talks about it first, and then he's like, "Well, I got to get going now. I got to work on that deal." Right. But he does string them along for a little while. Yeah, he's here. like,
2: "I'm about to turn a hundred grand into five hundred grand."
3: This is exactly the spot it happens in too. So he's got one person listening to him, and you'll notice he slowly ropes in more of the old white dudes. So he's got one guy at first, Harry or Henry, whatever his fucking name was. And then next thing you know, a second white guy's there. Like money, free money. (laughs) And then in a minute, there's a third and fourth guy. So
2: that's what we're working up to. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to buy this property. I'm going to flip it for a huge profit. These black people, it's in the ghetto. These black people don't know what they're sitting on. They're like, Property in the ghetto. Why would I want to buy that? Yeah. And he's like, gentrification. It's all the rage. People are going to want to live in this place. We're going to tear it down, build condos. It's going to be fucking amazing.
3: We're going to put up parking lots. We're going to build a new stadium that the taxpayers pay for. We're going to fucking promise them low, you know, affordable housing. We're not ever going to give it to them. We're going to build another parking lot and then maybe a Dollar General.
2: Mm, I like the way that sounds. Tell me more. Can we put a Little Caesars somewhere down there? <laughs> of course. Cut back to Blue. He's, he's in a hot poker game in the back room of the club. We see, I think his name was Melvin Pimp, played by Ted Lange, who uh, was the Isaac the bartender on Love Bow. He also played a pimp in Friday Foster. He tried yeah, to turn out Pam yeah. Greer. And he's, he's fucking on a roll. He's just fucking, you know, people are just like, holy shit.
3: Yeah, we see at the table, he's got a lot of the money. Right. And we're seeing a big showdown between him and Blue. He's got the long, you know, uh, what was his name? Harry? I, I don't remember the black. Uh, Melvin. I think Melvin. Uh, he's got the long, you know, uh, cigar sticking out of his mouth and everything. And he's running the table, like you said. So he, he he's obviously playing a mean bluff game, but turns right. out Blue's got a
2: meaner bluff game. And then he gets a call from white folks. And the bartender's like, yo, Folks wants to talk to you. He's like, I'm fucking on a roll. I don't have time for that. He's got this great fucking deal. you got to talk to him. Right. So he goes. He answers the call. He's like, all right, I'm out of this hand. I'll be back. And, like, Folks is like, I got these fucking hunkies on the hook. Yep. We need to run this. They probably, this is probably a scam they've run a million times. He's like, we need to run Scam 2.0.
3: Right. Great shot here. We see Folks just, like, in the office in this house. And you got... Five white people now, five old white dudes waiting for him to come back because they want to get in on this, you know, this easy money. Right. And so after he finishes up with Blue on the phone, he's going to return to the white folks and Howard, not Henry or Harry, whatever I said, it was Howard. Right.
2: Because what, yeah, what he said was he's like, I got this black realtor. He, he represents this the community. Right. And he, He's not. I, he's like I already have investors. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm putting ten grand in, and they're all we're all putting ten grand. Yes. So like, and they're like, well, why shouldn't there be counter offers? They're like because right. they went in on it. Because he's like he's like I don't know about this black guy. I'll talk. That's why he's making the phone calls. Like I'll talk to him.
3: Right. He's trying to squeeze out supposedly the right. other investors, work in these right. new investors and all that. But he's got to talk to. The, yeah. The, and he's
2: like, this is a black guy. So of course he's gonna you know side with the black people. So right. I don't know if I can work this.
3: Sometimes he goes for, you know, the humanitarianism over the you know the business. Right. Well
2: he, yeah, he has a sense of honor. He made a deal with these other investors.
3: Right. So Howard and the other white folks are trying to say, Well, doesn't he understand that business should always come first? Capitalism one oh one, are the deal.
2: Right. So he's just like he's, he comes out, he's like, Look, I think he's open to the idea. Of having a counter offer. So we're gonna, we, we, you guys get your money. It's gotta be cash. You gotta get your money together. Yeah. And we'll go down there tomorrow.
3: Yeah, he, he comes back with bad news. We can't go see it tonight because yeah. Howard was eager to see the properties tonight. It won't matter, my boy. We could just go look at it. We could just see what we're gonna be yeah, I, no, he, in. This is
2: the thing. He goes from begging, because this is a fucking rich white guy move, to like being like indignant. It's like, well, I should be able to see this. He's not even in on the deal yet, and right. he's, like, trying to, like, call the shots. Right. He's trying to be forceful with white folks here, right. but white folks— We saw the way white folks ate that fucking game hen. He's yeah. like, I can I can outsmart this exactly, guy.
3: Exactly, exactly. And this is where we get Susan, who doesn't even know she's going to work into this deal uh, because she's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. My friends are not all that fun tonight. These are the worst fucking friends to possibly have. Of course, they're not fun. And she just fucked this dude and touched his face. Of course, she wants to go back and get her face touched and fucked some more. Right. So she's ready to go. White folk. Look, guys, I got to get out of here. She obviously wants my dick again. Women, you know. You know how it goes. (laughs) And look, here's what we'll do tomorrow. We'll work out something in the morning, but you got to have your cash ready We'll pick you up. We'll meet with the black realtor. We'll talk to him, and we'll get a chance. But you got to come with the money, cash in hand, right?
2: Because I guess the deal is supposed to go happen in like two days with the other investors or yeah. something like that. So yeah, we'll like, we got to move fast. We'll see if we can cut them off. Right. So because he's like, yeah, you're you're right. Why should I be loyal to these people that are my investors when I got you guys? I you're,
3: you're, you're right. I don't I don't get why I didn't understand that business over everything. <laughs> right. We should always make the most money
2: possible. So they go back to the bar to meet up, blue and white folk. That's right. And they're working out the logistics. And when, as they're doing that, old Dot shows up. Oh, old Mr. Geez. Murray. And he's like, Oh, I heard I heard you guys were involved with some con. Did you hear about what happened to Franchetti? Franchetti? Yeah, that's that's the that's Nino Petricelli, whatever the fuck his name was. <laughs> that's his uncle. Yeah. He loves that fucking old white man. And I know you guys were involved with it, and you better give me 5K right now, or I'm going to go right to his ass.
3: <laughs> so Blue lets out a big old piss in your pants. I don't got 5K on me.
2: I mean, I do. No, 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 no. What happened was he's like. I got to excuse myself. I'm an old man. I have a bladder issues. And then Dot says piss in your pants. Oh, okay. Because he's like, fuck you. You ain't going to fucking go out the back window of the bathroom. And he's like, and if you do, I'll sell out your buddy white folks, this little trick baby motherfucker.
3: Yeah, I'll give him him up to
2: Nino Panicelli after I have my cut of him first. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm just an old man. I got to pee a lot. I'll be back. Yep. So he goes, excuses himself to the bathroom. Please help
3: me out with what the fuck was happening here? Bathroom with envelopes.
2: Is you know, this he had no, they, they, like, they're always prepared. They're like the Boy Scouts of Cons. Oh, so okay, he had okay, some okay. envelopes. The guy of cons. Yeah, he's got. He always carries a bunch of envelopes because he, okay. he probably. That's one of their cons. They probably do it every fucking other day.
3: I mean, it would make sense why he comes back
2: and. White just picks it right up. Right, yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah, they know what they're doing. So he goes, did you like that shot? I don't know. They, I, I I hope they don't have these anymore because they were disgusting. The thing where it was like a towel that what in and the, and the bathroom where oh, you dry yeah. your hands. Yeah, yeah. It was just one rotating
3: towel. Yeah. yeah, so they had a
2: shot like right through the towel where you can see. Very artistic. For yeah, the, you know. it was a choice. It yeah. was a choice. And then he pulls out an envelope, and we see he slices the razor blade, the bottom of the envelope, which it's open. And then he pulls out some toilet paper, and he folds it up carefully, pulls out that five grand, like, goes. Does the Indiana Jones. (laughs) Yeah, like, they weigh the same, okay. Uh Puts the toilet paper in the envelope, and then walks out. Right. All right, yes, yes. So, like I said, if you love cons, this movie's full of all the different cons that people use. Right. So, they go, he goes up.
3: Like I said, White is already on the beat. He knows yeah. what's happening
2: here, and they're he's, he his blue gave him the Iggy's when he went to the bath. That had to be it. Yeah. yeah.
3: So they're of course get, he's gonna intervene and be like, what? What? How? How are we supposed to trust you? Just taking five k from us today. We gave you half of it today.
2: Right, and we'll give you half fucking tomorrow because we'll we mail gonna, you half. Right, because we want we're gonna get the fuck out of town. Right, we need like a day to get out of town. Exactly. And he's like, fuck that shit. You to give me all of it, and then. Folks is like, well, wait, wait there's gotta be a solution. How about we how about we do this? All right. We will put the 5k in an envelope, but I know you're gonna fuck me over, Dot. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna put a note in there that incriminates you along with us. Oh. Okay. So if you pull some shit, because what we're gonna do is we're gonna mail it with your name on it, care of the police precinct you work at. So it's gonna go to the police precinct. But I have your name on it. But if you pull some shit, we're gonna fuck. We'll be there and we'll open up the fucking envelope for your boss.
4: Yeah, and we're
2: all gonna go up the river.
4: <laughs>
2: and but he's like, well, we don't have to worry about that if you're gonna be honest, right? That Dot? and that's like, all right, I'll go along with that. So like, Blue's like, well, tell me what your your, your address is. So he writes out the address on it. And he puts he's like, here's the money, pulls out the money and puts it in and it falls out the bottom. Right. And like white just catches. They've done this so many times. White just catches it, puts pockets it and there's still that toilet paper inside of it. That's right.
3: So it's padded and all that. Right. Double quilt.
2: And then and then fucking dots. like, you motherfucker. There's there's more. There's another fucking envelope with some bullshit in it. I'm gonna like, like show me all the envelopes. He pulls them out. There's Scatters all, them. Looks there, like a magic trick. Right. There's no there's no other envelope with the address on it. So it's legit. There's only one envelope with Dot Murray's uh address on it. Right. So they're like, he's like, I don't trust you, motherfucker, as far as I can throw you. Let me give me that fucking envelope. Like Blue's like, I don't trust you, motherfucker. It's like, all right, we're gonna go out to the both holding this envelope yeah. and we're gonna put it into the uh the uh, mailbox because we know that. It's going to be mailed. It's going to be delivered by the afternoon, which will give us enough time to get out of town. Right. So they settle everything with Dot. He's along
3: on his way. And uh, white folks and blue are driving back home. And folks is nervous about dot and Nino now.
2: Right. He's like, the ma- "This dude, this is the mafia. You do not fuck with the mafia. We got to get the fuck out of town. And he's like, don't worry. We will. As soon as we finish this fucking property con. We're out.
3: We got to get out of the, out of fucking town tomorrow. We don't have time to do and these deals. And he's like,
2: look, that fucking envelope ain't going to be delivered until the afternoon. We'll do the, the con in the morning. We'll right. get their money and we'll leave. That's right. And he's like, and just it just so happens, there's the perfect property. He sees <laughs> this fucking abandoned building.
3: I mean, when you're blue, you see opportunity everywhere. You right. don't see pessimism.
2: You see opportunity. Right. Capitalism. That's right. And so the next morning... We, they set up shop in some fucking, probably it was an abandoned fucking office, but they make it look like a fucking realtor shop. That's right. And all the whites show up in their fucking limb. I think- uh, It was
3: like in that, was it Matford Files episode where they set up Rockford a whole- Mattford's,
2: Files, Matford's, I yes, Yeah. Rockford,
3: Rockford Files. Files right. episode where they set up a whole con, an office building, yeah, and then the, they returned to yeah. it and it
2: was just empty. Yeah. It's that, that same they, level. That was the 70s thing. We just yeah. did that. A lot of fucking uh, real estate out there that you can do that, your cons in. Apparently all the
3: cities are empty now.
2: So, yeah, so he's dressed he's gonna play the role of the black realtor who's too dumb. He doesn't know what he has. You right. Know. That's right. So, and then what a nice touch, uh, white folks had a buddy who uh drives a limo drive him there to make him look like he had more money. Oh. So he brings all the honkies with him in right. the limo. Okay. They get out, and then it's, you know, uh blue is like they they explain the situation. He's like, "Look, I got some new investors. Let's 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 get rid of those old investors." Please. That doesn't sound honest. I don't like that. Right. We told these people we were gonna, you know, do the deal with we them. We
3: have to do the right thing here. I have promised this to these groups of investors, and this is where Howard goes full Karen. Let me see this property right now. I don't care if it's spoken for. I want to see this property. Right.
2: He's and- like he's like no paperwork has been done, so anyone. Should be allowed to look at this problem.
3: Blue is playing the, his role perfectly because he's not too ignorant. He's like kind of quiet. Yeah, he's
2: playing subservient, which is what these guys are used to. Yeah. you know, people doing right. You
3: know? He he's giving these white folk exactly. I should stop saying white folk because that's the character <laughs> name. He's giving Howard and his crew exactly what they want to hear. They want to use forceful language that cripples him, and sure enough, he he crumbles and lets them walk all over him, and he's like, okay, but well, you can see it. Yeah. Just remember, I already promised this to somebody else, though.
2: Yeah, I, it won't hurt just to look, I guess. So yeah, They go out there, and they see there's construction, like demolition working on a building, and so they're like, wow, there really is some like development going on. He's like, no, that's not it. Yeah. It's over there, and there's, like, these huge tenement buildings. That's what you're the property. So, yeah. but, but they're giving the illusion that there is development happening in this section of town. Right.
3: They're giving them exactly what they promised them. They're seeing it. They're saying, you could put a fucking Little Caesars. I know you're big on those. Montgomery Ward. You could pop one over there. Sears? Think about it. A mall right there. Claire's. Hot Topic. Think about that.
2: <laughs> fucking uh, Cinnabon. Cinnabon. And so they go back to the Blue's office, and they lay out the fucking hundred grand. Everyone has, like, fucking ten, ten grand. There's the one guy who's just there to hold the money. He's just flopping down the money. Yeah. And then Blue's like, you know what? No, I can't. I just don't feel right about cutting those people out. <laughs> this is... How dare you? Oh, I know what you want. You want more money. Is that it? And he snaps his finger. Guy pulls out, puts another ten grand down. That's no, what? I just... This my word means something to me. All right, another ten grand.
3: I I swear they ended up in a second site, or maybe it's just the back room of their office here. But yeah, just the money, the stacks because they have it bound in you know the beautiful banknotes and all right. that stacking up. And it's like, well, okay, but we're gonna have to continue the sale tomorrow. So you can just leave this money here with me. Yeah,
2: they finally settled on one hundred thirty grand. Okay, so. And he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like I got to think about the people that own this building. And an extra thirty grand would really work, help out. So yeah. I'll take the deal. This is, uh, you normally don't do this. Yeah. I'm I, a man of my word.
3: I think they expected Howard to go along, but Howard apparently has bought real estate before. And he's like, wait, you're telling me today we're not going to sign this off and give, you're going to hand me over like the rights or whatever, the deeds or anything. Right. And they're like, oh, no, we got to do that tomorrow. And he's like, well, why are we going to keep the money with you? Look at this neighborhood you live in.
2: Right. I don't trust that. And so like this they didn't this is what they didn't suspect. So they're getting a little nervous, blue and white folks. They're like so they're thinking on their feet and they're like, "Well, how about we do this? Cuz I don't want you backing out of this deal. I'm going I'm putting my neck out for you guys. So I don't want you just taking your money back either. How about we put in a safety deposit box in a bank?"
3: That's right. And we have two signatures and they look over at Whites and he says, he have our half of the signatures.
2: Right. Why would you pick the new person <laughs> in the group? Because he's one of us. That's it's right. just simply that.
3: That's. I mean, that's the whole idea. That yeah. Blue's premise that he's laid out for us in the scene back at his apartment was just, thanks to this guy appearing as white, I can get away with so much fucking shit. And he gets cool as shit. Right.
2: So they go. They, we see the scene where they're putting the money in the safety deposit box. They close it up. And they're like, all right, well, we'll see you tomorrow. So they all leave. And then they're like, Blue's like, meet me here in like an hour. We're going to get the fucking money, and then we're out of here.
3: Yep. But they have to head out in separate directions, and there's Dot to cut uh, uh white folks right. That's
2: Right. So the, that's what fucks them up, because yep. he's uh, white folks is ready to go. He's in the limo with his friend who's driving it, and he's just like, he's ready to go back. Like, do a U-turn and just go back. Yep. And then Dot like runs him off the road. He's like, you motherfuckers. I don't trust you motherfuckers. Yeah. He he hasn't gotten the letter yet. still in the mail. Right.
3: He's thinking about it. He's getting nervous about it. He gets out, and he confronts uh, white folks in his car. And, he, and white, playing it cool, he's like, I'm g- getting ready to leave town right now. That's what I'm in this car to do Yeah. Right he's Yeah, because
2: like, he's like, why the fuck are you still here? I thought yeah. you were going to be out of town.
3: Yeah, and if I played a con on you, I'd be long fucking gone.
2: Yeah, he's like, why would I do that? I got the mob after me. I'm you know, I'm I'm leaving right now. Yeah. And he's like, that's he, like, ah, oh, you motherfuckers. I don't trust you, but all right. So now they, they, they meet back at the bank and it's closed. Of course.
3: Banking holiday. Right. And they're like,
2: fuck. Why? Because Dot held up fucking white folks. So that's why yep. he was late. And they're like, fuck, man, we're going to have to wait till tomorrow morning to get there. and like folks like, no, we're leaving. Drop the con, man. He's like. Fuck, no, I'm not. I, that's 10 grand of my money along with that fucking money's in there. Yeah. Fuck that.
3: So it's looking like, you know, this great plan is getting spoiled. Uh, you know, it's the, the conversation's turning a little ugly. And then Blue just goes, you
2: see this guy over here in the white fucking rain jacket?
3: Let's just go con him.
2: Right. He's like, I found a perfect pigeon. And then we see a guy who's obviously out of town because he's carrying suitcases. And this is why, I, I mean, this. you would think this scene, why is this scene in here? I think the reason it's there is to show how addicted to the con Blue is.
3: Okay, okay.
2: Because white folks are talking sense. He's like, I'm going to Chicago. Fuck this shit. Right. I, I don't care about that 10 grand we lost. Live dogs. the con another day. And he's like, don't worry about it. Because Blue has gotten away with so much shit in his life. He always thinks, I can always talk my way out of a situation. Right. So then we get this scene. They don't... They, they don't even really because that's that's I think like I said that's the importance of is to show how is because they don't even really explain the con they do but it's the lost wallet con where yeah. a guy finds a wallet and then like I don't I I I kind of know what they do it's something like there's like a check or some kind like a cashier's check that's like like. Twenty thousand bucks oh, or some shit. I thought shit. it was like
3: you want to give them a reward, but you only have a hundred in your wallet. So it's like, hey, can you give me a fifty back? Or well, yeah, else? that oh, would, yeah. Oh but God. but the,
2: but the thing is, they get five hundred dollars. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> know, know how they knew this guy would have that much money because you travel with cash. So yeah, he goes. It was it was a weird scene because they go to like a bus station like locker where this guy has his money. Yeah. It was yeah.
3: It was it was a weird setup to this whole scene.
2: And the, he gives them like $500. He gives it to white folks. And yeah. white folks is going to do whatever the, whatever the con is. It's the important thing we don't need to know what the con is. They just we yeah. to know that they're conning.
3: So white folks goes off to get the money. And this is also to kind of remind us that, you know, because he identif- you know, passes as white, so, some a lot of black people don't see him as a black person. You know, they don't they well, I, immediately
2: identify him as an outsider. Right. A guy think, a guy not to be trusted. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, so Blue and this this pigeon are waiting in an alley for him to come back with the money whatever, wherever the con is. And the guy the the pigeon is like, "All right, I'm going to kill that motherfucker." <laughs> and he's like, "What what?" what he's like, about? he's like, "Yeah, we're not splitting it three ways. We'll split it between you and me cuz we're black. We know it. like fuck that honky." Right. And Blue like, "Well, when, that's not that's not a nice thing to do. I mean, he seems like, you know, because uh, uh, as far as we know, as far as Pigeon knows, blue and white folk don't know each other. Right. So he's trying to talk him out of this. He's yeah. like, no, we'll, we'll just talk him out. We'll he's like, what, you think because he's white I'm scared to kill this motherfucker? I don't give a shit. <laughs> and he pulls a gun out. And blue's like, abort, abort. You know, he's just like, uh, yeah, OK. And then they see. Fucking uh, white folk down like a block down the street coming.
3: Yeah, some, like like you said, Blue somehow gives them a signal. White folk knows, like, <laughs> oh, shit. Turns the other direction and runs off. It right. just so happens Blue's running yeah. in the opposite direction, hops in his car. They both get away. Pigeon is just like, what the fuck just happened? He's like, they
2: just got my fucking money. Like, he realizes he got caught. Yeah. yeah.
3: So Blue gets in his car, wraps around, picks up white folks again. And they're laughing about it a little bit, but folks are like, uh, I just had a gun pulled <laughs> on me. I don't know how much further I want to go with this shit. Like I'm I'm ready to jump down.
2: Right. And he's and then he's like, No, baby, we gotta get this fucking money. And fucking folks is like, no, no, I'm out of this. I'm going to Chicago. Yeah. Do what you wanna do. You're a grown man. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not I'm not doing I'm it. I'm not waiting for the bank to open. But see, that's what I don't understand why Blue wants to wait, because he needs white folk. To get the signature yeah so I, I guess what it is is blue's like i can talk him into it That's oh yeah probably what he's thinking
3: 100
2: so now we cut back to dot he finally gets that fucking envelope and he sees it was the, this toilet paper it's cut open he's like those motherfuckers i knew they were gonna pull this shit on me So he goes straight to blue's apartment Whew. bus in cleo's fucking some young dude he said, what right. are you doing in my fucking place and then we just cut away we just assume he's gonna fucking fuck shit up he's yeah. pissed
3: and he happens on white folk somehow. Dies. Yeah, as he's
2: walking out of Blue's apartment, because I think I guess Blue and white folk were going to meet up at the apartment. I, just, that, yeah. I don't know what. Just so happens they stumble into each other, and he sees him, so he shoots at him. Yeah, and- hits him in the arm. Right, goes right through. Right, so he will live.
3: So folks is, but he did
2: do a good job selling it.
3: He did. Held that arm the whole time
2: Yeah His arm was basically dead Most people would Like in movies Would be like I can use my arm totally Like his arm is probably broken He probably broke the fucking Like humorous and
3: shit Right So he runs into (laughs) White folks runs into a crowd So he can't be shot anymore Dots get a chase after him. They head into, you know, like an alley and everything, as you do. Right. Uh, runs over train tracks, all this.
2: Well, well, you get a good job reselling trying to climb a fucking wall. That's right, yeah. Because his arm is dead. He can't use it, which is, I like that. That was realistic.
3: The, yeah, after he climbs over that wall, he's running over train tracks and everything. Yeah, there's he like was- a
2: subway, and there's there's uh, he's on one side because there's two tracks, and there's a train coming on the opposite side. So he fucking leaps down, goes across the rails. Nick of time, barely gets hit by this car, uh, this subway, yeah. gets on it and escapes.
3: So now that Dot's got this juicy information, he's going to head over to visit with Nino uh, at his uncle's funeral. Right. So he's uh, Dot's going to tell Nino, yeah, this is what it's going to cost. I've I've got the good details now.
2: He's like, but I'll get them. But I know who did it. Yeah, I'm gonna get them because I want that fucking money. Because he offered him like fucking five grand or something, ten grand to yeah, get yeah. him. And then Nino's like, I don't trust that black guy. Get some of his goons. Follow that motherfucker.
3: So white white folks, he's gonna be looking for for blue. And
2: word on the street is, do f- fucking white folk and blue are persona non grata. Don't fucking deal with them. Everyone's like, I can't help you because yeah. they're going to everybody they know, and they're like, I don't even fucking know you, white folk.
3: Yeah, and then we follow Blue. What's he been up to? Well, we don't know, but he's returning home, finds his whole place as a fucking mess, probably.
2: Assumes Cleo is dead, probably, because uh, yeah. she's gone. So now White Folk goes back to his apartment. And what was
3: it, the hotel? Where did he I don't go know what there? it was, because
2: he, he's no... Maybe, yeah, because this movie only takes place over a couple of days. Yeah. So, Sue, he gave her a key to his his place. Why is she in his fucking? Well, because she's white. She can just say, "My boyfriend, like, can you let me in?" I bet you know that's probably what they were trying to. Yeah, but
3: was this like his own apartment? I think it was holding the presidential suite. Still,
2: I'm gonna go with presidential suite. I think that would make more sense. It would make more sense because she was never at his place, as far as we know.
3: Because he's from Chicago. Yes, not from here. So it has to be the suite. Yeah. Okay.
2: And like you said, she was just like, she's a nice white woman. So, of course, you believe her when she's just like, oh, you know, my boyfriend's at this president's suite. Can you let me in? Right. So she's wearing like a negligee.
3: That's right. She's ready to fuck again. She wants her face touched. And her.
2: she's got the cork.
3: She's corking yeah, and chocking face burning up. it up. But he's got that big old
2: wound. She right. wants to
3: call up the cop, but he's refusing. We can't call the police.
2: Yeah, he's like, if you've been shot by a cop, you don't go to a doctor. If you've been shot by a cop, that's Cause true. Cause they're gonna be at the fucking emergency rooms. That's right. And he's just like, it, it was weird because he's like, take my shirt off, and then they don't do anything. They don't. They don't even do a sunny Chiba where they pour that fucking champagne on the wound. He just she, we see the wound, and then he puts the shirt back on, and then he chugs some fucking champagne.
3: Yeah, but you know, Susan is gonna be very disappointed to find out that she's not getting fucked today because. He starts bearing his soul with her. He starts telling her, "I was born from a black woman. Right. My dad was white. I'm a black man. I'm half black." Right. And she's just like, "Great. Did you see my tits? I want to touch your face and ride your dick."
2: <laughs> and that's why Susan, you're one of the good ones. Yeah, 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 you're such a great woman. You're like, I don't care if you're half black. I still want to fuck you. I'm sorry. There are not a lot of good white people in this movie. White folks is probably the best white guy in the movie, but he's half black.
3: He's half black. So it's got to go to Susan because yeah. she's the only other person who wants to be around a black man that presents as a white <laughs> yeah. man. Um, yeah, it is kind of just.
2: She's the only person that accepts him for who he is. Him, her and Blue. I mean, you think about it.
3: Right. All right, so Blue, he's going to be heading over to uh, his favorite bar, which I think I caught the Well we
2: Well, I mean, did we say that like, white folks just storms out? He's like, you can't understand me. You don't know what I'm going through. She, yeah. she, she's like, I want to, and he's just like, fuck you. He's just out. Clearly what you want
3: is my cock. You don't want my soul. So we, he, he storms out. But Blue's heading back to his favorite bar because he's got to find Felix.
2: No, as- Dot shows up at Blue's bar looking for him.
3: Well, that happens in a second year. But Blue heads up there first, and he's trying to talk to Felix because he's you know, in trouble. I'm willing to pay any amount of fucking money, but Felix won't listen. Mm -hmm. He knows about all the trouble they're in,
2: and then Dot shows up. Yeah, he's like, I don't know who the fuck you are, dude. And so everybody's turned their back on Blue and White Folk. They are fucked. And then as you leave, Stan, Dot shows up. And he, spread, he goes up to Melvin. He's like, I want your bitches to go to every bar in this fucking city. And if they see him, let me know.
3: That's right. All right. So white folks is finally going to find Blue at that squalor hotel that he was staying at in the beginning.
2: I guess that's their like permanent like safe house they keep.
3: Yeah. So Blue's going to admit to being just a stupid, greedy old bastard. But is
2: he? Does he... Is, he, is this is his is like fucking rock bottom moment? Or is he just... Conan himself and white folk that might be up because he's always it's like he can't help himself he's addicted to the game yeah
3: I mean he wants to die the envy of every con man in the world he wants to be you know con man number one
2: He's like, yeah, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. Everybody's going to look and go, Blue was the greatest con man Philadelphia had ever seen. And folks is like, motherfucker, I you mean, know, I'll know how you're going to die. Your face buried in fucking Cleo's peach. <laughs> Don't even pull that shit. And he's like, you know what? You're probably right.
3: So it just so happens that Dot knows about this hotel as well. And finds them and well, they look them out them the out.
2: window and they see Dot like in the car, yeah, and uh, coming out of the car. So yeah. like they they make they hightail it to the fire escape. That's right. They escape, so Dot can't find him. But the mob guys that are following Dot spot him. That's right. So they jump in their caddy. They're going. This, this was a dumb scene because yeah. like they're going down an alley, and then <laughs> Blue's plan is, all right, I'm gonna step on the brakes. And somehow the mafia is like, we can't run into someone's car. So they run into a fucking the wall. They yeah.
3: Bad, bad uh, uh, um, set here.
2: Yeah. And then then Blue and our boy, white folks take off.
3: Right. So they're showing up. They kind of got like an alley uh, gospel
2: situation going on here. Well, yeah. We see a preacher out on the street preaching. Yep. And we learn like, he's, as he's talking – he was like a criminal. He was a drug addict at one time, but the Lord saved him, and he's—he, he, I mean, he's really believing it. He's not a con man, right? He is not. Josephus was his name.
3: Yes, Josephus.
2: And there's some like Black Panther guy goes up. He's like, "You fuck you and your white god." What the fuck? He's has to beat this dude's ass, and yeah. that's when fucking Blue shows up. He probably has like 50 different kind of like badges, FBI, everything. He pulls out the Philly cop badge. He's like, get the fuck out of here, everybody.
3: Yep. Scatters the whole crowd. And then he has a quick conversation with the preacher who
2: is he- hesitant to help. Cause well, because he's like, no. Is this the one you know when your con's blue? Yeah. Because he knows him. He's like, I'm for real. I'm not conning anymore. I found the Lord.
3: Not to mention, I don't want to help this white guy out.
2: Yeah. And like, if you think he would know if he knew blue, he would know white folk. But, you yeah. would think so. So blue's like no 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 just I just need a place to hide out for a little bit. I, let me explain the situation. It's totally explainable. We're not you know we didn't do anything wrong.
3: We've been on the fix here. We got somebody working us. It's going as high as the fucking judges.
2: So Joseph is like, well, all right, come into my fucking my my, my uh, street uh, like like Deathwish Two Street the, yeah. fucking church. <laughs> all right so dot he's at his wits end he goes back to the mafia he just he's like i'm just going to give you the name and the description of these guys the guy they're, they're named blue and white folks no he's a blue and folks yeah folks. and he's like they're just two black guys just two black guys and so now we go back to the josephus's uh church yep and Blue lays out this fucking ridiculous story. He's like, look, here's what's happening, man. You know, you, you remember Sporty and James? He's like, of course I remember that. Well, here's the thing. They were down south, and they were drunk as fuck, and they just happened to stumble on this white woman with a fucking broken-down car. They were going to help him. But as soon you know how white women are, they see a black face, and you know Sporty ain't a good-looking motherfucker. That's right. She freaks out, starts screaming rape immediately. They were in deep shit. They went into hiding. Sporty, he hopped a train. He was like, "Fuck it, I'm out of here. I'm going back to Philly." But you know, James, he's a scared motherfucker, so he stayed down there. And now we need to fucking we need to get these guys out of fucking town. Paris, that's where you go if you're a black man wanted by the fucking police. Right,
3: and you know, all we need is 10 a.m. tomorrow.
2: And Josephus need- is kind of buying. He's like, "How you're." You have turned over a new leaf, Blue. You're helping out your friends. This is fucking great. That's
3: right. Fucking friends who found themselves on the wrong side of trouble.
2: And he's like, well, here's the thing, too. I got to go pick up those guys. Yeah. Can I borrow your truck? (laughs) And he's just like, of course. You're doing the Lord's work.
3: Doing the Lord's work.
2: So they get in the truck, and Blue's like, we're getting that fucking money, <laughs> folk. And he's like, "What the fuck? I'm bleeding here. Look at this. I can't use my fucking arm." It's like, "Well, we need to pay for the fucking fix your arm, don't we?"
3: Right. Oh, that's a good point. So now we're going into the next morning. All of our parties are getting into place here, uh, folks. Is of course warning
2: blue because
3: was folks still going to go along with the deal?
2: I guess he had no choice. I yeah, mean, really? You know, so he's. Like, but why do they go back to the bar? know but blue goes back to the bar he sees cleo is there yeah and he's like fuck i thought you were dead what happened
3: i guess because he wanted to know about why his place was trashed
2: i have no maybe that's the only uh, well that i guess he one he was he did really really love cleo so because she treated him like shit so maybe he did want to see something yeah check on her maybe she's at the bar
3: i yeah i guess he probably did want to make sure she was okay so that that gives us some reason for him to go back.
2: And she reveals that Dot was at the place and trashed the place. And he's like, and she's like, yeah, he let me go because I didn't have anything.
3: Yep. So Blue heads outside of the bar and the mobsters are asking for him, but he plays it off because he they don't know. Well, what no, he they looks spot like, him right? and then
2: he fits the description okay. of Blue. So he's walking out of the bar and they're like, hey, Blue, and he like like turns his head and they're because like, they don't they're not sure that he's Blue. Okay, they know that's his hangout, right? And they got a description, an older black man. And then they're like, we got him. And then fucking the gears are always turning in Blue's head. He's like, well, I'm Blue, like Johnson or whatever. Oh. Are, you talking for, are you looking for Blue Howard? Okay. And he's like, I know that like, we get confused. People confuse us all the time. Right. And he's like, well, where the fuck is this Blue Howard guy at? Well, I just saw him like a few hours ago. Well, I mean, he's, he's probably on the other side of town, you he's know?
3: That way. So it's looking like he's got the mob off his back and then Dot comes running out and he wants his prize. And his prize is Blue, of course. Right.
2: And the mobsters just turn around and go, oh, black guy, boom, boom, shoot fucking Dot. Black guy running with a gun. And a cop. And a cop. And so they're they're feeling threatened. They stood their ground. And then they turn around because Blue's getting ready to run. They shoot Blue. Yep. Folks
3: comes running out but is uh, unrecognized because... Well,
2: yeah, because the mobsters are like, is that the partner? No, he said two black guys. Two black guys. So, so whites
3: is just left alone.
2: Yeah. And he's like, Yo, "Blue, are you okay?" And then Blue just starts rattling off some like he's in a delirium. He's like, uh. "He's like, don't don't mumble, my folk. Don't mumble. You mumble, fucking people won't trust you. You got to be clear and concise in whatever you, you you're running your game." Yeah. And he's like, "And if you fucking don't ever fucking, do, Mark is a stirrer." Fucking run like hell. You can't trust those guys because they're nervous. They're twitchy. And don't catch a mark coming home from a funeral. It's bad luck. He's just blabbering some shit out. That's right. Talking like he's going to die right there on the street. And he does die. And Cleo just looks, goes back to the bar. <laughs> She's just like, we see uh, white folk over him crying because this is like the only guy that really had his back who fucking accepted it for who he is. It's
3: a cold world and he just right. lost his one
2: uh, source of warmth. <laughs> And there you go; it ends like that, like you mm-hmm. know, like a noir would end. So, they're not all fuck, not all exploitation movies are fucking happy endings.
3: I mean, he's a despicable man, so maybe he did deserve to die in the street. Maybe. I mean, it's not like he took that. But there was
2: still, even though he was a despicable man, there was one guy who cared about him, and it was white folk. There was. I know? mean,
3: there's warmth and everything. For I mean, there there's through and through monsters out there.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think he kind of rationalized, at least I've never hurt anybody, even though who knows how he really hurt people with his con games. Yeah, He didn't physically hurt them. For real. Well,
3: he, by way of chain reactions, gave that old man a heart attack. Right. And eventually killed him. Yeah.
2: All right. So next week, I think I've seen this movie, but it's been so long, it's like going to be watching it new again. I don't remember anything about it. But look, we've been to L.A. We've been to Philly this week. I think I think this might be a first for Black Exploitation History Month. I don't think we've had a Detroit set movie yet. No. And there and that's weird Others there's not you know, you think about it, most black exploitation movies either happened mostly in LA or New York. There's not a lot in Detroit and Detroit's a predominantly black fucking town. You think there'd be a lot more yeah, set in Detroit. A couple of the Midwest cities, you know, we have Chicago gets built. representation. Yeah, it gets a little bit. But you think I don't know, you think there would be more set in Detroit. But sure. we're going to do one set in Detroit and when we we're, we're doing Detroit, we got to fuck it. We need we need it's not enough that we just have me and Griff. We need one more Detroit or one more Michigander in on this conversation. And when I think about Michigan, I think about a buddy, Matt Sosie, the expatriate, who unfortunately has to live in Indiana. But his heart <laughs> always belongs in Detroit. So we asked him to come along and he's got some tales of black exploitation. He's got a Fred Williamson story he's gonna let us uh, in on that he nice. you know, he interviewed him. Oh wow. So look forward to that next week. It's Detroit Nine Thousand. We're gonna point out all the Detroit locations that we recognize for you. Hell yeah! And we're gonna have a good old time talking about the Motor City. And uh, I, I imagine we'll spend at least fifteen minutes eating uh, conies. We yes, we are gonna. Eat, you're gonna hear, it. listen to us eat them. That's right. And we're gonna drink, wash it down with some Faygo. I'm gonna have some Verners myself, but yeah, going to wash it down with that. And we're gonna have some Lay's, but I you know the Better Made. Better Made, summer.
3: come on, Lay's.
2: So look for that because I know you you love when we talk about Detroit people. So <laughs> you're gonna hear a lot of it next week. Keep it warm.